0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. Please join us in person this Sunday for Bible study at 9.30 or our worship service at 10.35. We promise that you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please visit our website, gpndy.net. Let's join our service already in front of us.
1: first oh it's not what I knew because the cross Is a story of a runaway. No way home and no way out. I threw the best of me away. Had my chance it's too late now, too far gone, too ashamed. Think that you'd still know my name. But love refused to let my story in that way. You didn't wait me, to find my way to you, I couldn't cross that distance, even if I wanted to, you came running after me, when anybody else would have turned and left me at my worst, love moved first, oh. Kind of grace, relentless grace, would chase this rebel down. Climb into this prisoner's cage, take my hand, pull me out. You knew I couldn't make the change, so you became the change in me. And now I live to tell the story of the God who rescued me. find my way to you I could have crossed that distance even if I wanted to you came running after me when anybody else would have turned and left me at my worst love moved first From the throne to a manger From the manger to the grave Your cross is the proof Love made the first move From a great man to keep you, To a stone rolled away Your cross is the proof Love made the first move I remember where you found me I'm amazed by where I stand Your cross is the proof Love made the first move You didn't wait for me To find my way to you I could not cross that distance Even if I wanted to You came running after me When anybody else would have turned and left me at my worst Love moved first
2: took a man called Moses with a rod in his hand. Told Moses take the rod in your hand. Straight it forth and walk on dry land. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Use me, Jesus, use you me. our prayer today. Story, I remember it well He took a shepherd boy, David With a sling in his hand He took the rock with a sling in his hand He flung the rock and the giant fell dead If you can use anything, Lord you can use
0: stand and sing it with us all right to the end this is this is the end. Pray that you will just use us, use this last song in a great way, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name.
3: His heart was broken Mine was mended He became sin Now I am clean The cross he carried Bore my burden The nails that held him His life for mine, His life for mine. So His crown of thorns made me royalty, and His sorrow gave me joy untold. His life for mine.
4: of my message this morning is very simple but before I begin let me just encourage you all you men who have not uh, thought about it a whole lot but let me just encourage you uh, this Friday night uh, brother Joe Fink will be with us he'll have two sessions Friday night and then two sessions Saturday morning that ends the conference uh, on Saturday morning we'll be feeding you and then he'll speak twice and so let me just encourage you let's have a good turnout let's this is a great opportunity for you to step forward in your faith and in your relationship with God. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Uh, I know Joe, uh, from uh, listening to him, met him personally, of course, but he's a good man, and he knows the Word of God. He's written numerous books, and he'll have all those here for us too. So let me just encourage you. That's this coming Friday night. Title of my message is, Please Don't Die Without Christ. Please don't die without Christ. And I want to talk a little bit about a few things about that. Uh, I was studying and I wrote this down. I hope I can read my own writing here. Some say that when you die, even when you're in heaven, you sleep at this time. You're unconscious. You're unaware of your surroundings. To my surprise, I found out also that there are a number of believers who kind of follow along with Jehovah's Witnesses In soul sleep, they believe, even though they're saved, they're going to heaven one day, a number of them, they say all dead people are unconscious. And so a number of people will follow that. But the Lord says this in John chapter 11, verse 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus, what does he do? He sleepeth, he's died, he sleepeth but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. He says in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that that slept, that died. Verse 51, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. All of us not going to die, but we shall all be changed. For if we believe that Jesus, and so on, and you're cutting my verse off, I like it. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him? And that's 1 Thessalonians there. And so if you picked up there, did you see the relationship between sleep and physical death? Sleep and physical death. You see, the soul never sleeps because it is immaterial. It is not tied to material or the natural world. So once a soul leaves the body at physical death, it has no link to this physical world. Okay? It states in Genesis 35, 18, And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died. The soul leaves the body. So if the soul doesn't sleep, why does the Bible then refer to the dead as sleeping? Well, it's actually very simple. At death, sleeping is the physical body condition. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2 says this here, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So, what's made from dust? Our bodies. Genesis 2, 7 says this, And the Lord God formed man, what? Of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and so on. Chapter 3, verse 19, says this. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. That's talking about the physical body decaying, returning to The ground. If you buried the body and you don't do anything, it would return to dust. Job says it like this in Job 34 15, all flesh shall perish together, and man shall turn again unto dust. So the body that dies is asleep, returns to dust. Okay? God will awake all dead physical bodies. And by the way, we're not annihilated that we just go puff and we're nowhere, okay? You know, you can go to a funeral, and at the funeral, the person lying in the casket, they kind of look like they're just sleeping. You ever notice that? By the way, you ever touch the body, or do you go, whoo, how to, uh, I've I've touched bodies before. (laughs) Not to be, What? creepy, but I'm just saying, (laughs) and they're cold. They're dead, okay? That's one thing that we know for sure. You see, at the rapture, when we're called up, body believers that are asleep, who have died previously, they will be raised, they will be transformed. Then we that are alive, if that should take place while we're alive, the rapture, we will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Then, seven years plus, years later, God will resurrect the Old Testament saints. And the Old Testament saints then will go into the kingdom, the thousand-year reign called the millennium. Then, after the thousand-year reign, year reign of Christ, all the lost dead of all history will be raised up, they will be judged, and they will be moved from hell, which is in the heart of the earth right now, to a place far away into the lake of fire. It states in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Then verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So we see there's going to be a resurrection, not only of saints, but also there's going to be a resurrection at the second death, he calls it, of all the lost, and they will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, the dead are aware of their surroundings. I remind you of Jonah. Jonah was in the well, and he died there in the belly of the well. But he prayed out of that belly, the well's belly. Now, you think about that. How did he pray? His soul prayed. God had more work for him to do and his soul didn't leave his body yet. Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. And when he had opened the fifth sill, I saw under the altar the what? Not their bodies, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They were martyred. And they cried with a loud voice, souls, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, souls, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little while, a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be filled. And that he's talking about the tribulation there. But did you notice souls? They had form. You know what souls look like? They look like you. Huh? You'll identify each other one of these days. They understand what's going on in their surroundings. I remind you of Abraham, the rich man, and Lazarus. Their bodies are dead, yet they're communicating with each other. Their bodies sleep, but yet their souls saw, felt, remembered, and communicated. I remind you of the Apostle Paul when he was stoned to death. Paul said it was at that moment, his soul, he was caught up to the third heaven called paradise. He comments about that in Philippians chapter 1, verse 23. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better if you were unconscious, how could it be far better? Huh? And by the way, he knew something about heaven. Far better, okay? But that is his soul. And then in hell, there, is, there will be, one of these days, degrees of punishment. Matthew eleven twenty one 21 says this here. Woe unto uh, Chervazin, and woe unto the Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you, in the midst of you, been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and, e- and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. He even says to Capernaum here, And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted in the heavens, shalt be brought down to hell, for if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. It's going to be more tolerable for some people that are judged, they go to hell but it's going to be worse for those individual people who had the opportunity. They had heard Christ. They had seen Christ do different things. And they said no and rejected Christ as their Messiah. Christ said, it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember how bad they were? God destroyed them with brimstone and fire. He said, it's going to be more tolerable for them than you. Why? Because you had the opportunities to believe in me. You saw me. You heard me. Now let me say something to you today. In this country, you have heard about Jesus Christ. You've had plenty of opportunities. And it's going to be more tolerable for somebody else than for you for completely and in repeatedly rejecting Christ as your personal Savior. In hell, by the way, there also seems, as I've looked, there seems to be levels of the underworld in hell. Matthew eleven twenty three 23 again. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted into heaven, shalt be brought down to where? To hell. Hell is where lost people go. There are two main words used for the word hell. The word Hades and the word Gehenna. And hell is in the heart of the earth, the Bible teaches. Peter used a new word for hell. In the Greek word, it's tartaru. It's a place where God is holding fallen angels. It's in hell but it's a place that the others don't know anything about. 2 Peter 2, 4. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, that's the word there. That's the only time that word is ever used. And delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. It's the only time the word, that Greek word is used. So evidently, there is a special place in hell, not where lost souls go, but where these fallen angels are in the heart of the earth. Also in hell, must be a big place. Also in hell is the bottomless pit. It's in the heart of the earth also. It contains certain evil spirits beings they're grotesque they're horrific they're monsters. you say how do you know that we know that because they are released out of the bottomless pit during the tribulation in revelation chapter 9. plus there will be other various evil spirits in revelation 11 verse 7 and 8. and not only in the bottomless pit one day An angel sent by God will take hold of Satan, take him to the bottomless pit, and chain him there for a thousand years. He will go to the bottomless pit one day himself. But then there's something outside of hell, far from the presence of God, the farthest universe you could get to probably. There's a place called the Lake of Fire. That's where all lost humans and wicked angelic beings go for their final imprisonment. It will be maximum security prison where all those who are in hell will go to the lake of fire. Revelation 21.8 says this, But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable... And the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part where? In the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We would plead with you today, if you're here without Christ, don't die without Christ. These things we're sharing with you are the truth. Sometimes, somebody says, ask me this question, well, what about those who have never heard? And you, before I answer that, let me just say this to you. Those who question this, I wonder why they're so interested in that question. Is it that they want to escape their own responsibility to their own need to believe in the gospel? Do they think that if... They call them the heathen, lost people. If the heathen can reach heaven without being in Christ, so can they. Many think if the heathen, the lost, live up to the light they have, they will be saved. And by the way, let me just say, I've heard some of the old, they're with the Lord now, old great saints used in many ways, say that very thing, that there is a group of people that haven't had the opportunity to hear the gospel, that the light that they've had, that will get them in. And I, I don't want to say their names. You know them both that I know. I've showed a video of it here on a Wednesday night before, by the way. But also some think you're only condemned if you reject Jesus Christ. So if one has never heard, they've not had an opportunity to reject Jesus Christ, so they must be safe. The only problem with that is the Bible states because we're sinners, we're already condemned. Huh? We're already condemned. It doesn't have anything to do with us hearing it. We're sinners. We're condemned. Let me give you just a little challenge, if I could, as I'm closing, coming down the stretch here. Never base truth on what one thinks, on one's opinion, or how they feel about something. Don't do that. We do that too often. Well, I think. You know, well, I, I really feel that. It has nothing to do with what we think or feel. It's what we know. The Word of God determines truth. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Isaiah eight twenty, by the way. John 17, 20 says this here. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Determine truth by what God's word says. And God's word makes it clear that without Christ, you go to hell. And also, don't ever be ashamed or embarrassed of what God says. If God says they're going to hell, they're going, don't be embarrassed by what God says. You need to stand up and defend him. Not be embarrassed, but defend him. Why does he say this? Now, why will all lost people go to hell, whether they've heard or not heard the gospel. Why do lost people go to hell? Well, one, we're all lost sinners and need to be saved. Because of our sin, no sin gets into heaven, we need a Savior to take care of that sin. Secondly, general revelation, the light that we see, is not enough to save one, the light of creation the light of conscience. Now, those things are good enough to make us without excuse, but they're not good enough to save us. They should have driven us, who's behind this creation? Why do I know that there is a God? And you go toward that. That's very important. The Bible teaches that the only way to escape wrath and hell is to believe in Christ. It's the only way. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Paul says, I'm going to tell you the truth, how you can be saved. Not, not something I don't know about it, it happened to me. <laughs> how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, the truth. The only thing, the only way that you can escape hell and the only thing that can prevent that from happening is you to put your faith in the death, burial, resurrection of Christ as being sufficient to wash away all your sins. I can't make it any simpler or clearer than that. All non believers, even those who haven't heard, will be cast into the lake of fire. Do you think that there were some people who were not as evil when God said He's going to judge the world with a flood? I'm sure they were. Do you think that in Sodom and Gomorrah there might have been some people on the outer skirts who didn't participate in all the sins, but they still perished because they were part of Sodom and Gomorrah? You think they perished? Of course they did. Do you know that for years, hundreds of years, that the only way for a Gentile to be saved was to go through Israel and faith in their God? All other countries of the world during Israel's time perished without God and went to hell. Every one of them did. That's an amazing, when you think about that. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 7 says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels... In flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. And I just hope and pray that today you will obey the gospel by believing the gospel. That's what God wants from each and every one of us. Number five, one must hear and read the gospel about the gospel, his death, burial, resurrection, understand it, Believe it alone to be saved. That's a must. And it's nothing else. You're giving money. your baptism. Wherever you got it. <laughs> you're joining a church. You're trying to live by the Ten Commandments. You're a nice person. None of that counts to help you go to heaven. Nothing. Paul said it's as dumb. (laughs) That's what Paul says. The only thing that can save you is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the good thing about lost people, now don't miss this, number six, God's foreknowledge. Foreknowledge means God knows everything. He knows everything. God's foreknowledge guarantees the gospel will get to those who want to know the truth to be saved. Nineveh, wanting God, didn't know how God finally got his backslidden prophet by the name of Jonah there, right? Cornelius, notice Acts eleven thirteen. 13. And he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, this was before the word of God was completed, which stood and said unto him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Why? Who shall tell thee words whereby thou thou and all thy house shall be saved. They had to receive the message, the truth, in order to be saved. But Cornelius worshipped God before he was ever saved and wanted to know the true God. And God finally got another backslidden preacher by the name of Peter, got him there. (laughs) Amen? And the last thing, to those who say God is not fair nor just because people go to hell... I wrote down to think that sinful man can accuse God of not being fair when it's man himself who throughout history has repeatedly turned his back on God himself. And now they're calling God unfair. Isn't that amazing? If anybody has proven love, it's God. He sent his only begotten son. God hath commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, His Son died for us. As sinners, the only thing we actually do deserve that's fair is hell. God doesn't owe us anything. The fact that we can be saved, it's all of grace, and it's all of grace that we even have hope today. So my question to you is, are you saved? When have you believed in the gospel? If you have believed in the gospel in your heart about Christ's sacrifice and resurrection, if you have believed that in your heart, then when you die, you'll go to heaven. You'll go to heaven. But if not, You have not believed in Christ. I just want you to know, God's already made reservations for you. God has a place reserved for you in hell. And one day you will appear before God, no excuses, no defense. You will be found guilty and you will be sentenced. Daniel 7, verse 9 and 10. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame and his wills as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousand, thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. You will be there. That's at the white throne judgment right there. And you will have to stand and not be able to say anything to your defense. And so my message is, please don't die without Christ. I can only imagine where I would be if I had not been saved at the age of 24. I I look back and I just said, thank you, Jesus. There was nothing I did. He did it all for me. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Amen? And that's for everybody in this place. The awful thing would be is We can make a clear presentation of the gospel and you can walk out of here lost. Why in the world would you walk out of here lost when you can be saved? Amen? We're not here to gouge you or make you feel terrible, but we are here to tell you the truth of what God says in his word. That's why I showed so many verses. It's not just man's opinion, man's feeling, man's thinking. It's what God's word says that counts. And God says, listen, I love you, but you're lost. And if you continue going that way in your life, you will go to hell. But I want you to know I've made a way for you to escape that through my son and the cross and the empty tomb. Let's bow our heads and our hearts right now. And with us, with our heads bowed, right there where you are right now, just make your decision. Tell God in your heart the way that you communicate. Just in your heart, right with God right now, tell him that you acknowledge your sinfulness. Tell him you believe that Christ is his son. He died for your sins and rose again. Just tell him that. And then just tell him, God, I believe it. I believe what your son has accomplished is enough for me. I believe. I believe it with all my heart. Just tell him right now. And if you... Do that, you did that, you meant that. Let me just say to you if you believe in your heart, God promises He saved you. If you believe that. Father, we thank you for the truth, we thank you for the gospel, we thank you that we have an answer to man's dilemma how to be just before you. It's not our righteousness, but it's your son's righteousness given to us that makes us accepted, justified before your presence. It's all by grace. We love you. May we serve you. And everybody said amen. Let me just encourage you. If you did this morning and you believe that in your heart, never be ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation. You need to stand up and you need to tell somebody that you have believed in Christ. That will help you. And by the way, uh, after when we dismiss here, come by. I have some new convert books here. I'll give you one. You can just leave, but I'll give you a book that will help you in your walk in Christ. And for us believers, understanding this, what's taken place, and we have believed that, we ought to praise God and thank him for our salvation. Amen? Amen. God bless you. We love you.
0: We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.